Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Lots of runners travel to different time zones to experience some of the most iconic races across the world. But how many of us have considered the impact of traveling and flying on our race preparation? Join Karen and I today and we'll share our travel hacks so that you can arrive well-rested and fueled for your big race. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance and especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalized sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. I'm Karen and I'm here with Aileen as always and our topic for today is all about racing in a different time zone. But before we delve into um, our topic, I would just like to welcome back our regular listeners and if you are listening for the first time, a really warm welcome to you and we really do hope that you enjoy this episode as well as all the others that have gone before and the many that we have still got to to record for you all. Now, Aileen and I do really enjoy our podcasting, but we also love it when um, we hear from you as well. So please do drop us a line at hello at runnershealthhub.com, introduce yourselves, and maybe just share a little about your running and your nutrition goals, because it really does help us plan the future episodes for the podcast. Now, we do also have some free downloadable ebooks at our website which is runnershealthhub.com if you head to the website just look at the top menu bar and you'll see free nutrition guides where you'll find all the ones that we have to offer now the most popular ones to date is the one um, titled top running snacks in nutrient timing and that's really to help you fuel your running and that goes alongside much of the advice really that we share in all of our episodes on the podcast so we really hope that it helps you that they all help you and um, and that you get some hints and tips from this episode as well so uh, let's get started so Aileen, could you maybe, um, hi, first of all, to you, Aileen. Yeah, hi, Karen, I am. I'm here. (laughs) Hi, Karen, hi, everyone. Yes, so could you maybe start, Aileen, by just um, outlining why we are talking about this subject today? 
Yeah, well, it struck me that there's a lot of runners who enter races away from home and it might involve traveling to the race venue and including a hotel stay and maybe a flight. Um, and especially, you know, there are people who are doing a lot of racing in different time zones and it puts a different um, set of challenges to it I guess um, especially when you, you're flying somewhere so being on a flight prior to a race can upset your biology and we just have to add that into our considerations when we're preparing for race day so I just thought it would be a good idea to uh, share some of our tips uh, so that everyone can be fully prepared and not fall foul to any problems that might affect your race day plan uh, if you're traveling. Yeah, and I have to say, Eileen, I, I I wonder how many people do actually take into consideration how travel and different time zones can affect your body clock, your digestive system, but your physiology overall. So the impact on that regarding running performance as well and how you're feeling after a race when you're traveling back again. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about and give you some tips for staying healthy on a flight. Also plan planning ahead before you leave home to go um, and travel um, for a race and also some real food suggestions to help you at your destination wherever that may be. So let's start by thinking about um, some tips for staying healthy on a flight. Aileen what would your advice be there? Well, um, I think, first of all, I just want to say that, you know, there are so many iconic races around the world and we all love the experience of, um, you know, going to new destinations. Um, but, you know, as we said earlier, there, are, if you're going to be traveling to a different time zone, there are a few things that need to be taken into consideration. So the first thing is there's a potential for energy to be affected by the time involving in traveling you know just by going on a journey it's it's energetic isn't it, it drains us um so that's the first thing that has to be uh, considered you've already mentioned some of the others karen so sleep and digestive patterns can be disrupted um, and also our immune system might be impacted you know how many times have you heard people say they got ill following a flight, you know, they've picked up a cough or a cold. Um, so it's really important, I think, to plan to be at your destination two or more days before you race so that your body's got time to get into sync with local time and to give you an opportunity to recover from the stresses and strains of going on a longer journey. Mm. So, uh, Karen, I know you've got lots of advice to share. So what tips would you have about uh, looking after yourself on a on a flight yeah well if we were to think of uh, a long-haul flight Aileen I would say to to really consider having an easy to digest but satisfying meal when you arrive at the airport and try to stay away from caffeine and alcohol because you know just being in the in the air in an aircraft is dehydrating and the caffeine and the alcohol will add to that um, dehydration also think about taking your own healthy snacks for the flight so that you don't have to worry about having the the um, potential of eating in-flight foods which might disagree with your digestion or even worse might 
be a risk for food poisoning. Hopefully not, but you just never know. And also when you are on the flight, drink water. And I would say only water. I know it's very tempting to um, to, to, to have the, the drinks, especially if they're complimentary. But remember, you are going out to, to run a race. So try and just stick to the water and, and try and sleep as well. You know, try to avoid stimulating your mind with the in-flight entertainment or the music. Um, try and get some rest. Now, you can help really to promote sleep by using an eye mask and also um, noise cancelling earbuds because an aircraft is a noisy place, not just the people, but there's just this constant hum on an, on an aircraft and that can be disruptive. Now, you could also think about um, inhaling some essential oils to help with that relaxation and to help induce sleep. Um, you could think about taking your own um, tea bags. So think about a nighttime blend or a chamomile and just ask um, the crew if you could have some hot water to add to that. Also, um, ginger and or mint tea are good for digestion, so it might be worth taking those along with you as well. Now, when you arrive at your destination, what I would say is to really try and do your best to immediately sync with local time. So, for example, if it's daytime, try and maybe stay awake until local bedtime. You might want to go to bed slightly early that night, but still sticking to to the, the, the local time for bedtime. And if it's nighttime when you arrive, then go to bed and then set an alarm to wake you up at that local morning time. And that's going to really help get your sleep pattern regulated as quickly as as is possible, really. So that those would be my uh, initial sort of tips, Aileen. Yeah, I think they're all really sensible and uh, we probably all know them, but I think it's really important to remember them and, and to actually do some of them. Um, so one of the first things I do when I'm on a flight, the first thing I do after after takeoff is I change my watch to the local time of my destination. And that just helps get my brain used to the time zone I'm going into. It's sort of, I don't know, it's a psychological thing, um, mm. but I, I think that's a good, easy thing that you can do. Um, that is a really simple but um, potentially quite an effective um, tip, Alien. I think. It's not something I do, but it might be something I consider going forward. I usually wait until, oh, quite often I'm at the hotel and then I'm asking somebody, you know, am I still on, on UK time or am I on local time? Um, but, but yes, doing it immediately, it just, it, it's like a switch in the brain, isn't it? So. Yeah, I mean, it does, you know, if it, if the, you know, if you watch you saying it's time for bed. It mm. makes you think that's what I'm going to do. Or if it's saying it's morning time, you think, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that, that that's what I've got to do, too. So, yeah, I think it is quite helpful. Yeah. Where, where, who taught me that? Mm. I've, I've been doing it for years. Yes. Yes. Now, earlier, Aileen, you mentioned digestive issues. Um, what are the typical problems that people tend to encounter related to flying when thinking about um, digestive distress in some way? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think one of the most common ones is uh, 
what's known as traveler's constipation or even bloating. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons for that. It might be due to being in a pressurized cabin or being sedentary during the flight and, and potentially dehydrated. Also, I think, you know, the body has a clock. And if we're doing things at the wrong time of the day, it, it can mess with our body clock and our digestive clock too. Um, so anyway, the knock-on effect of all of that is that, you can arrive at your destination feeling sluggish and you might not have a bowel movement when you expect to have a bowel movement. And that can be disruptive. You know, it can disrupt your warm up training and ultimately your race performance. So you mentioned earlier, Karen, about drinking plenty of water. And that is a really, really important thing to do because that can help uh, prevent or alleviate constipation. Um, so avoiding alcohol and caffeine will also help. And remember when you arrive um, at your destination, start eating plenty of, of fresh fruit and vegetables and keep drinking the water, stay hydrated. Uh, all of these are going to help your digestive system. And you might even consider taking some, some magnesium either during or after the flight because that's going to help relax the bowel. And, um, you know, by doing all of these things, usually you find that most people will restore their regular bowel movements and the pattern of their regular bowel movements will return with one or two within one or two days I would say and I think that's a you know right at the beginning you said about uh, recommending uh, people arrive in their destination a couple of days beforehand and that's another reason to um to, to do that is because you've got time for your bowel movements to regulate again before you go into the race because you don't want any any bowel issues um, 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 when you're in race. Now, also, Aileen, you mentioned the impact on the immune system. So what protective measures could people take before traveling to help support um, the immune system? Well, the things that I would suggest, and I would say that these apply to anyone doing any race, whether it's near to home or further afield. Um, you know, I always think if you've put a lot of effort into your training, the last thing you want to have is a, a minor illness or an infection in the days before a race. And, you know, obviously we, we know that going on a flight is going to increase the risk. Um, but for anybody, I think the important thing in the run up to a race is to think about your rest and sleep because rest and sleep is protective. So make that a priority um, as is min minimizing stress. That's another trigger for, um, your, you know, suppressing your immune function. So look after your sleep, try to minimize your stress. And those two things will help support your immune function. Uh, and also ensure that you're focusing on healthy, nutritious foods in the three weeks leading up to your race. Um, so make uh, the particularly the week leading up to your race very supportive of your running goals. So regular meals, minimal alcohol, optimal nutrition and hydration. Give yourself plenty of time for relaxing and sleep. Try to keep your social calendar light on commitments. And remember to schedule in some easy light activity, um, which gives you some active recovery. So all of those things, it's all about nurturing yourself, really, and cocooning yourself and looking after yourself. Um, but the other thing that I do is I usually add in some uh, protective supplements and I'm focusing on my immune health and my digestive health. So I usually will start taking a really good um, multivitamin, which is immune focused. Um, 
I'll usually up my vitamin D and perhaps take some echinacea and maybe a probiotic to support my gut microbiome. So it just means that I've got some extra tools in my nutrition uh, box if I need them. Yeah, really, really helpful tips there. So I think really what the overarching advice is, is to do everything within your control to optimize your health ahead of the journey and to keep well hydrated, well rested during any flight that you need to take. And that's going to really help your um, sleep wake patterns and your digestive clock. So the next topic to discuss is the pre-planning of your food ahead of your journey. So Aileen, what should we all be thinking about regarding the food to take with us? Well, I, I always think the important thing is not to leave anything to chance. So if you can make a plan and consider contingencies that you might need in case anything goes wrong, uh, that's going to be really helpful. So just sort of take charge. So my advice is to plan, prepare, shop, uh, arrange, request, you know, whatever you require. And, you know, you might be staying in a hotel or perhaps you're self-catering. Um, some hotels have fridges in their rooms, so it might be an opportunity for you to have some of your own food there. Um, but just plan ahead and, and think about what foods you'll need to eat whilst traveling and also in the days leading up to the event and for race day. So, you know, thinking back to the airport, um, my tip would be, you know, have a look at the airport website before you go. Check out what food choices will be available at the airport uh, and will they be open? I got uh, a surprise recently at an airport because I knew that there was a healthy food stand. But of course, I didn't factor in that it wouldn't be opened at six o'clock in the morning. So that sort of threw my great plan out. Um, so, you know, if, if you need to take your own prepared snacks, you know, for that pre-flight um, meal or and also to think about what you might want to eat during the flight. So you mentioned earlier, Karen, not to rely on airline foods because you know, it's rarely nutritious. Uh, there's not an awful lot of uh, good choices unless maybe you you're flying first class, which I don't think many of us do these days, or if, if ever. Um, but, you know, having a, a good selection of snacks in your in-flight bag would be really helpful. So things like protein bars, some nuts and seeds, maybe some dried fruit, perhaps a natural yogurt, anything like that would be really helpful. Um, have you got any suggestions, Karen? What do you take on board? Well, I don't know if many people know this, but um, I was actually cabin crew for, for many years. So I may be a little bit qualified in giving advice in this area. So what I tend to do is take my own homemade salad salad box. And in there, I'll have quinoa, I'll have salad veggies, some hummus, tofu, etc. And um I'll buy a pre-made salad from a healthy food bar at the airport, clearly if, if it's open, Aileen. Um, and, um, but, but remember that the food box will have to go through the x-ray um, security machines. So it is important to consider that in your plans. But, but personally, I do think it's worth the risk of it going through the, um, through the x-ray machine. What you just need to be mindful of is, um, any dressings important to, 
um, take those out if you've if you've bought the salads um, or whatever before you've got to security. Otherwise, um, like you did, Aileen, think about what is available airside, as we call it. So after security, and then you can purchase a salad with um, with a dressing in it. Um, then. So, um, so those would be my my tips, Aileen, about foods to take, foods that are e- easy to to carry, and will get through security. What would your advice be for after the flight, Aileen? So, when people arrive at their destinations, well, again, it's uh, you know, it's all about being prepared. So, I'd, I always pack snacks for the days before the race and for race day. And then I know I've got everything I need and I don't have to waste time shopping when I arrive or even worse, discover that the local shops don't have what, what I'm looking for. Um, if I'm going to be in a hotel, I'd, I'd check their menus and room service options and I'd maybe search online shops and and restaurants, the ones that are nearby. So I do that ahead of arriving. Um, and I think it's always a really good idea if you need to book a table in a restaurant for the time that you want, that you do that well in advance, especially if it's a really big popular race. Because remember, there's going to be hundreds, maybe even thousands of runners all arriving at the destination, all competing for table bookings. Um, so the more prepared you are, the more likely it is that you'll get what you want uh, rather than being in a queue behind other people. Um, And then I think the other thing that I I mentioned earlier is that often hotel rooms have fridges and that can be ideal if you want to store some fresh food. So, um, you know, you can maybe make yourself a shopping list, think about where you're going to buy these fresh foods and, um, you know, have a few of them in your fridge or if you're in self-catering, you can uh, stock up your, your kitchen there. And I think another thing that you could do ahead of time is look at the information that the race organiser has sent out because they might also provide some food or they might suggest some local facilities. So, you know, you've got lots of different options and it's just really doing a little bit of uh, research before you go and planning what what's going to work for you Mm, exactly so you can't buy the food there but you could also think about um again pre-planning and a couple of weeks or more before you travel start to design your race day nutrition plan and make a list of the the foods that you will plan to eat and decide decide whether you want to pack them and take them with you or if there's going to be um shops and restaurants available locally or in your hotel that's going to provide the the foods that you would like now we did discuss this planning in episode 134 designing your race day nutrition and um, you know we are really happy to to share our race day nutrition timeline planner with you so if this is something that you think would be helpful to help you plan for your race day whether you're going away for and traveling for it or not then um, please do email us at hello at runnershealthhub.com and we can send that across to you So at this point, I think maybe we'll have a a quick advert break and then we can move on and talk about some real food tips for that race preparation. So Aileen, can I hand back to you for the uh, advert break? 
Yeah, sure. So this is the part of the episode where we take a minute to tell you a little bit about what we do outside of the podcast. And a question we often are asked by runners is, what do I eat pre, during and after a training run or a race? And we do, we chat about this a lot and it's a big focus in our episodes because if you get it right, you'll be fitter, faster, stronger and you'll recover quickly uh, so that you're ready for your next run. Um so if you haven't already heard about our free nutrition guides uh, called Top Running Stacks and Nutrition Nutrient Timing, um, we'd love you to take a look at it. And it's available um, free to you from our website. It's a PDF ebook and it lists all of our suggestions on what and when to eat for that pre, during and post run training. And obviously you can use that for race day as well. And over 2000 runners have downloaded our guide so far and we've had some great feedback. And it's a really quick reference, so you can quickly put our suggestions into action next time you go out for a run. And uh, it would be really helpful for you uh, for a planning tool. So if you'd like the, the free nutrition guide, all you need to do is go to our website, runnershealthhub.com, look at the top menu bar for free nutrition guide, pop in your email and we'll send you the guide. And uh, by all means, if you've had it in the past and you want it again, just uh, again, put your email address in and you'll you'll get it sent over to you. And we do have some other guides that are on that page too. So if there's anything else that you'd like, um, please uh, register for that too and we'll get it over to you. So we hope that helps you and please let us know how you get on because we really love feedback. And if you've got any suggestions about any other guides that you would like, uh, please let us know. Thanks, Aileen. Okay, so now let's uh, talk about food choices. And I think some cautionary advice would be to avoid eating any food that you're not accustomed to. And we do speak about this a lot. You know, don't take any risks with your digestion or risk the potential for food poisoning. Stay safe, choose simple, easy to digest foods and drink bottled water would be um, some simple but key advice. Now, in the days leading up to the race follow the usual nutritional and hydration foundations and rest well like we were saying earlier enjoy some light activity but really nothing that's going to drain your energy or your legs um, try and remember to eat at your normal times don't leave more than five hours between meals and snacks remember to follow plate balance including the proteins the carbohydrates and vegetables and also like I said choose eat easy to digest foods at this point in time. So Aileen, from there, can you maybe share an experience you've had of being in a race in a different time zone? And and how did you approach your food plan for that event? Um, well, I haven't had any race of any experience of running in after a long haul flight, but I did do the Reykjavik Midnight Sun Run, which is a half marathon. Um, so that was in Iceland and it was in June. So as you would imagine, the Midnight Sun would be in June. Um, so time wise, it's only an hour ahead of the UK. And I, I can't remember how the flight times maybe two or three hours I can't quite remember uh, the, the main thing that was that we were there three days ahead of the race so that gave us plenty of time to adjust uh, but the challenge for me was that the race started at night time so it started at 9 30 at night and so fueling during the day was really tricky for me and um but I did fortunately find a really nice cafe 
that served um, things like fish and sweet potato and vegetables. So I was quite happy with my pre-race meal. Um, I finished around 11.30 at night. Um, and I'm, So I must admit, I didn't have any post-race food. And I don't think that was very good for me. Um, you, know, you, you learn by your mistakes. Um, but my other experience was that... Uh, the nutrition it wasn't really nutrition related but it um the timing of the event really contributed to me getting an injury so after the race I got on a flight the following day and a couple of weeks later I got a really horrible piriformis injury and when I discussed it the physio suggested that perhaps being sedentary so soon after the race had contributed to that condition so I'd basically done the race gone back to my hotel room, went to bed, next day got on a flight. And so there hadn't really been any proper uh, recovery time. And he said that the blood blood flow probably hadn't got into the muscle area, um, that that led to me having that very horrible injury that lasted for quite a long time. And the physio uh, wasn't, it wasn't a very pleasant experience having that kind of physio treatment. Um, So, I mean, the whole experience of doing the race abroad was a fun experience. I don't think I'd ever want to race late at night again. I'm a morning runner, um, but I'll always remember to have at least a couple of days recovery into my plan before I get on a flight. So I did get some learning from it. Uh, So, yeah, that was my experience, Karen. And uh, I know you've worked with lots of clients who've done sort of races in different time zones. So, what tips or advice have you shared with clients? Yeah, well, I think your tip there, Aileen, about spending some time after a race in the place where you did the race before getting on a flight or even into a car for a long journey is a really helpful tip because how many of us tend to do the race and then rush home, whether it be for work, for family or whatever it may be. And so you are, you've got this, you're doing all this activity and then there just isn't the recovery time. It's then very sedentary. So I think that is a really good point to make. But thinking about um, tips and advice that I give clients when I'm saying about and we're discussing their nutrition I always say to them do the best you can with the choices you have available because sometimes you 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 know you just don't know what you're going to get and um, you, you might not be able to get the perfect food choice for you, whether it be in the hotel or the restaurant or when traveling um, with companions. So what you want to do is make the best choices, Just, but just bear in mind that you're trying to aim to follow the plate balance don't over don't under eat and um, still try and eat regularly and eat foods that you know that your digestion has coped with um, when you've been in training and also just remember to pack the essentials to take with you so that you know you've got something to fall back on even if it's lots of snacks but at least you know you've got foods available to you that support you for your running and also don't cause any digestive issues. Um, And I think if you 
yeah, if you if you have these important basis basics with you, then you'll be okay. And also, it's going to save time shopping when you arrive. So, lots of different reasons to ensure that you 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 take some of your own food with you. Yeah, so I think that's great advice, Karen. To be realistic and just make the best choices that. Uh, you can based on what's available you know don't make it too difficult for yourself um so some of the things that i think would be easy to take with you um is to pack some small boxes of or bags of easy to pack foods um so i'm thinking things like oat nuts and seeds dry fruits uh even nut butter you can buy that in sachets from some brands you could maybe take a box of oat cakes and crackers maybe some flapjack bars. Um, if you if you want some bars and gels, you could take them. We we tend to focus on brands which have natural ingredients. So our favorites are Hummer, Bellaforte and Stinger. Um, you might even want to take a protein powder. Uh, you can take sachets from some brands. We we really love Purition. And, and then when you get to your destination, all you need to do is add some almond or coconut milk and mix up your own shake take some fruit puree sachets, maybe some miso soup sachets. You could add some fresh chopped vegetables locally. Um, and, you know, if you wanted to be really super prepared, you could e- even take some small tins of things like beans, pulses, tofu, fish. Uh, that might You might feel like that's taking things too far. But I think if you had all of that, it's practically a weekly shop, isn't it, really, when I'm thinking about it. But this, this, you could put quite a few good breakfasts and snacks together from all of that, I think. You could definitely. Gosh, you have got breakfast, snacks and possibly a a, a dinner there afterwards. So, um, yeah, you can be or try and be as self-sufficient as possible. And as well as thinking about um, that, packing all these different foods to support you, remember to pack your electrolytes and potentially some supportive post-race supplements that um, you know will benefit you. And also think about what food essentials you can pack in your cabin baggage alongside essential running kit and shoes so that if the worst happens and your luggage is lost and that can happen, at least you've got the important kit and the important food so you can still run your race. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a, a really important point. I know I've made it, but it's an important point. Yeah, well, you know, you never want that to happen to anybody. And, uh, you know, it would be a great shame if you got all the way there and you didn't have the running shoes. <laughs> that would be awful, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's think about the positive things. So we, we have um, put together a race travel checklist um, and we're happy to share that with everyone. So if that's something you would like, just drop us a line and we can email it to you. Absolutely. And it is a great travel list. And I think it's important to to, to maybe have that just to ensure you don't forget everything. And, you know, having those items with you would really help to provide good breakfast snacks during race snacks. And like you said, Aileen, just making sure you've you've got your shoes in your cabin or I said you've got your shoes in your cabin baggage as well. So, um, Aileen, what from everything we've spoken about today, what would you be able to suggest as a as an action that uh, everybody could take to to help them on their on their travels to a future race? Yeah, well, I would just say if you've got a race already in your calendar that involves some um, long haul travel 
get your diary out today and look at allocating some time two weeks before you travel to do some food planning, uh, prepare your shopping list, buy anything that you want to take with you, um, and then you'll be all organised. And, and as I said earlier, if, if you want a copy of our travel checklist, just let us know. Email us at hello at runnershealthhub.com and we'll send it over. Great. Thanks, Alien. I've really enjoyed that chat. It's been really, it's been a fun chat, but also really helpful with lots of, of, of tips. And hopefully that's going to really help runners who are traveling to a race that involves maybe a different time zone um, and also give them lots of tips um, for races closer to home as well. I think it covers all all types of races really whether you're traveling by car plane train whatever and finally everyone remember don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance well this brings us to the end of another episode of she runs eats performs brought to you by runners health hub helping female runners to be fitter faster and stronger we really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for women's changing bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband, which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. Mm-hmm.